Hey, welcome to the 1505 Club. Today my guest is Dr. Mike Hamilton. If you don't know who Dr. Hamilton is, then you'll be glad you joined us today. Dr. Mike, along with his wife, Dr. Amy Hamilton, started their practice right out of school. It took off like a skyrocket, and from the outside, it looked like things couldn't get better. But then things started to change, and they were forced to make a pivot in their lives and their business. Today, that simple pivot has radically changed their lives, and what Dr. Hamilton has to share with us today could radically change yours as well. We don't often talk about the business side of things, but today we're going to talk about business, and we're going to address the elephant in the room when it comes to creating long-term practice success. So without any further ado, Dr. Mike Hamilton. Dr. Hamilton, thank you for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's great to have you here. I, um, could you start off by telling us a little bit about how you got into chiropractic and more specifically how you ended up uh, having an association with Gonstead Chiropractic? Mm, sure. Yeah, uh, I have kind of an interesting path. I had a girlfriend when I was in uh, my undergrad who thought I should be a chiropractor so they make a lot of money. And so that was kind of my first start of it, which is probably not a very good start. I got adjusted once or twice before I went to school. I never really had been to a chiropractor. Um, had an okay experience in those adjustments, but they definitely weren't gone to doctors. And, um, and some issues that I had going on, I had a lot of rapid heart rate issues my whole life. Um, I took medication for it since I, from probably the time of kindergarten up to age uh, 20, 21 or 22, uh, till I went to chiropractic school, um, had a couple heart ablation surgeries, didn't know any different, didn't realize what I was even doing. It just, the doctors told us that was the only option for me. So, um, went to chiropractic school and I had run track in undergrad and one of my track teammates that had been to Palmer college before me, um, told me about the Troxel intern program and he and his wife got on the phone with me and said, no matter what, spend all your time there. It doesn't matter what your grades are in school. That guy's the best on the planet. You got to go there. So I was like, okay, I'm doing that. Uh, so I got to school, started to go out there. Uh, my wife today, uh, Dr. Amy, um, was Dr. Troxel's uh, stepdaughter, and she was my first chiropractor at school. And she figured out I had these heart issues. She took me to school, took me to see Dr. T instead. Um, and after my first adjustment, my heart problems were pretty much gone. Uh, and after I experienced getting scoped, and that he actually looked at an X-ray and he didn't adjust twenty things at the same time, uh, that seemed very different than what I had seen before. So um, I was pretty much locked in at that point. So um, yeah, I met my wife there. We eventually, she eventually became my wife. That was a long story, but um, but yeah, uh, we got out, started practicing. In we well, we had a chance to go work with some really big offices before we started our practice. So we worked in a couple offices that weren't Gonstead that were. 1,500 visit a week, 2,000 visit a week offices, a couple different ones. Um, so when we came back to Green Bay and started our own practice, it exploded quickly, uh, too quickly, uh, and uh, probably too quickly, I would say, just when we were 
at 500 visits a week, I think within the, within the first two years, and we had tons of new patients coming in, and we weren't business-wise ready for that yet. Um, we were we could handle it from a Gunstead perspective and doing that, and there tended to be a pretty long wait in our office as the volume got higher uh, because it just when you're doing probably we were probably averaging 10 minutes per visit, I'd say, uh, when someone had been you know, a regular patient in the office. And when you're seeing 500 visits, it gets very hard to see that many people, even than when we had two doctors adjusting. So um, at least for us, I know other doctors do it. I don't know how they do it. Dr. Kasperbauer, that used to see about 600 visits a week that did perfect Gonsig care. Uh, that guy is a machine uh, because he was able to seeming, seemingly easy to easily do that. And it was killing us to have two people seeing 500. So, um, but yeah, that's kind of the start. And I mean, I think as I got to chiropractic school, obviously you know, in the beginning, I went, it was more of a financial thing. Like I need a job and this seems like a good job. Uh, the philosophy of chiropractic was amazing to me. Um, and when we got into really understand, when I really started to understand like, you know, the, innate intelligence in the body and how the body functions like it was just and then my heart got better and it was I was totally in at that point I mean 100% just I want to learn and master this Gonstead thing I think I was I think there's two people that became Troxel interns by the end of their third try and I was one of those people so I was like as soon as I got there I was like you guys need to teach me everything you can as fast as you can because I want to be an intern right away um and uh, anyway, yeah, that kind of gives you a little bit of that path. Yeah, that's actually some, uh, there's some great little tidbit that even as you were saying, I was pulling these things out. Um, because I, I think the idea that you can grow too fast is something that's foreign to a lot of people. They think mm-hmm. take off as fast as you can. And yet in business, they call it scalability. As you go yeah. up, you have to change how you do things. And one of the great statements a dentist said to me one time was that any system will work until you throw volume at it. <laughs> you find that out yeah. that you system and you go it's working for me i must be doing the right thing and then you start getting some volume you go this is not working at all <laughs> yeah and it's i mean even in our business today i mean today we own inception online marketing we're the second largest online marketing business in the in the chiropractic profession and it is all we we spend so much time on systems it's it's all about systems and and now that i feel like we we still i don't know if you ever totally master that because as you grow the systems always break and you got to make new systems and but at least we're consciously aware that it is about systems and so any business that we look at today we feel we can improve it and and i think it's mostly because we just understand systems better um and and how critical they are. Whereas in the beginning of our chiropractic office, it was just like, oh, there's a whole bunch of people coming. Let's just try to figure out how to make it work. <laughs> we, we weren't thinking about systems and uh, and it wasn't efficient and our overhead spiraled out of control. And, um, and, it, and it turned our practice into almost like a ball and chain instead of something that was fun to be at. It, it was beautiful there. We had the coolest office in town. It was huge. At the end, it got up to almost 6,000 square feet. Um, but it was an overhead monster. I mean, our, our overhead was more than most offices generate in a few months. So, like, it, it took... 80 to 100 new patients a month just to keep our doors open. So we looked 
impressive at a seminar. You know, I can remember being at one of the Gunsen seminars and somebody's like, those guys just had 65 new patients last week. And we did, but it almost killed me. And it was 15 less than you needed. <laughs> and it didn't work. <laughs> and a lot of the people didn't end up staying with care. It was chaotic. Our systems weren't ready to handle that. And, you know, I think in a Gunstead office that's really trying to do true Gunstead work, it's it it can't handle that kind of volume either. So um, not without some incredible systems that were way better than we had at that time, for sure. So, yeah. Can you talk a little bit about how you made the transition from from that practice into what you're doing now? Uh, <laughs> you're doing, I, it, I yeah, it definitely wasn't a choice thing. Like I... <laughs> I'm probably kind of a person that loves to learn new things. Um, my wife is too. And for some reason, I got really interested in search engine optimization, SEO. So how to get my website to rank well. And over the years, I mean, over a couple of years while we were practicing, I would just spend a lot of time on that for no reason. I had no intention or thought ever of having a business in that area. And, um, as we went kind of through that 2008, 2009 crashing period, our practice really got in trouble uh, where we were struggling just to keep our head above the water. And at that time, we had started doing some work in functional medicine and nutrition work. And um, we decided that it would be best uh, during that time just to get out of our practice, leave that, go and do just functional medicine work in Chicago. We were totally burnt out and exhausted and just uh, hanging on for dear life, even though we didn't realize how bad we even were at that point, I don't think. Uh, Chicago, of course, didn't work very well. We had a couple of really wealthy chiropractors supporting that practice, trying to keep that going. It kind of broke even and for a year and they decided they didn't want to continue to, to fund it. And so we were out and it was either beg somebody to come and work in their practice and be an associate or find something else to do because we had no money, no credit. Our life was kind of turned upside down. We were skin and bones. I mean, I'm six, two and I weigh about one eighty five Now I was one fifty five at that time and you could see my ribs sticking out. So the stress had just about consumed us. Um, and we, I was laying in bed one day, Amy was laying next to me. She had some tears coming down cause we didn't know what we were going to do. And I thought, gosh, you know, I'm really good at optimization. Everyone asks me questions about it. All my friends call me. I should just do that. Uh, and that then turned into building websites. We lived in our parents' basement for a number of months trying to survive with our two cats in our bed. Um, and yeah, I mean, today we have 1,500 some clients that we help manage websites for social media, Facebook advertising, Google AdWords advertising, uh, two-way texting, patient reminders, anything that can be done online, we pretty much do it. Um, I feel that, you know, it's, it's been a good change for us. It kind of, it took us away from Gonsid for a while. Uh, but we've kind of resurged back into the Gunstead world uh, in a new way, I suppose. And it's been pretty cool over the last year to help facilitate at least uh, all the awesome doctors that are that are Gunstead doctors, that are good friends of ours, and try to help to grow Gunstead and take it to the place that we feel it should be at. Um, and, you know, funding is always a part of that. So we've, we've got some awesome fundraising things going on right now that 
I guess it's not so much a fundraiser, but it's more of a last year we came up with an idea of, you know, why don't we build a website that's for Gansa doctors and, and donate 100% of the money that comes in from that. So doctors in that system that have been in it over for the last year now, they pay $99 a month for what we normally in our system would charge $197 a month. So most of our inception clients are paying around $197 a month. Uh, for the Gansa doctors, we do a $99 a month system, which is the exact same thing. Um, they get all the same services that we provide our other clients. And the websites are have more Gonstead-specific content in them. And then if you pay $99 a month, that $99 goes into a fund, and all of that money is given back to Gonstead. So um, for our business, it's, I guess, a way to give back. It's something that Amy and I care about tremendously. Um, and the more that we can help to fund outreach and growth and, you know, things in Gonstead to help it to reach more people, uh, we want to do that. So it's, it's been great over this, this year, we have about 56 people in the program right now. Uh, we've raised about $56,000 over the last year and <clears throat> it's already going to do some really good things, um. But you know, there there should be a lot more doctors in the program right now. They just I, most of them, most of the Gansa doctors don't know we're doing it yet. So that's probably the toughest part. And it's awesome to be able to come onto a podcast like this to help to reach out to more of the Gansa doctors that are out there, um, because I, I think most of them would like to see Gonstead flourish. And you know, part of making something flourish is having some funding to do that with. And um, if our company can facilitate all the background work that needs to get done to make these things work, um, it will, it, we're happy to do that. And I, we haven't had a client, we haven't had any doctor that's joined the system leave it yet. Um, the great thing for the doctors is that it's generating new patients for them. Uh, we were always quite good at marketing. Our websites tend to rank very well and they produce very well. So most of the Gansa doctors that joined our service this last year had never received a new patient from their website ever. Uh, many of them didn't even have a website. Um, and I think you could go across all of them today and talk to them and ask them if their website is now producing an income for them. Um, so it's not just a donation of $99 they're making. They're paying 99 for our services, but they're making thousands back on a monthly basis just from the patients that are coming in from the services they're getting. So um, it's a, a win, win, win thing for them, I, I think. And for us, it's kind of a, just a loss for our business, but it's a win for us because it's something we care about so much. So, and it's easy for us with the number of sites we manage, it's easy for us to manage these Gonsid sites. We don't really notice it. So, um, so anyway, yeah, that was kind of a lot. Sorry, I rambled a long oh, that's time. And correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't there also through your service, though, people also get access to like a newsletter that can be sent out to their patients? They do. And we're in a little bit of a transition on the newsletter right now. Uh, Dr. Jesse Davis was working on the newsletter. What Here's what happens with the, with everything, but lump websites into this category. There's a lot of things that doctors can do with us. Uh, and the things that we do 100% for them were that they never have to touch, uh, obviously get utilized well, cause we're making it happen when there's something that the doctor has to look at or touch or click a button or do anything. Usually that doesn't happen. 
So uh, there are a few go-getter offices that do stuff with things that we offer to them. Um, but when it's not fully automated, most of the time they don't use it. So what we saw, not just with the Gansa doctors, but all of our clients, because all of our clients were receiving newsletters, but they had to still send it out through the email portal system and the email system that we have for them in their dashboard. Um, I would say out of over 1,500 offices, there were probably 10 maybe that were actually using the newsletters. So um, so we're kind of shifting gears a little bit on newsletter stuff right now. Um, and I know that we'll have another newsletter coming soon, but there's a little break in that right now because we kind of are changing to not just bring back the newsletter, but quite a bit more with it. We try to assess our services all the time. And if we're spending money on something that isn't being used or isn't helping, um, we'll regroup and revitalize that into something else that we think will help and can work. So if that makes sense. Yeah, it's it's like having another staff member in your office, but for a lot less than they would actually cost and yeah. profitable too. I, I think from the beginning of our service, not just with the Gansu people, but from the beginning of our of our business as inception it was i wanted i always used to tell clients i want us to function as though we are if we were like in a room at the end of the hall in your office and you could just walk down the hall and open the door and say hey we need this done okay thanks bye and then go back and adjust that's how easy it needs to be to work with us so if our once someone has worked with us they they start to understand what I'm saying. So I want our staff, my expectation of our staff is that if you send us an email or you call, you're going to get instant response. So, I mean, within minutes of you asking for something, calling, sending us something that you need updated on your website, like with the COVID stuff going on right now, we were getting a hundred emails a day from clients asking for stuff to be added and, you know, pop-ups added to their website. And, you know, my message to my staff was, I don't care what the time of the day is, that stuff needs to get done. If they send it at 4.45 and you're done at 5, get it on there. So they need this stuff done. Make sure it's up there because it's an emergency thing that they need to have. So generally, we're always able to get things done very quickly. One of my complaints when I had a website when I was still practicing was that if you ever needed anything done or you needed to get a hold of them, it was un it was unbelievably difficult. I mean, you're on hold for an hour or you had to send a message and nobody ever got back to you and they never did it. And like, we can't do that. We have to be a system that is easy to work with and fast and mm -hmm. to give you straightforward advice. Like if you're calling us and asking us for, for something that we know doesn't work because we've done it 20 times, we need to tell you that. And if you still want to do it, we'll do it for you. Uh, but I was, I wanted someone to work with that I felt <clears throat> when I was practicing, I valued the people that would tell me what they thought. Like I wanted someone to give me some real advice and some information. I, I didn't want them just to agree with everything that I said. And most of the things that doctors get into with internet marketing, they have misconceptions. They think, they think this, like doctors think people are going in and reading their website. They're not. They're <laughs> spending five seconds on your homepage and five seconds on your About Us page, and then they're either picking you or they're leaving. So you're, we'll supply you Gonstead content for a Gonstead website, but they're not reading it. 
almost no one does. Uh, It'd be one out of a hundred people will read your content. Uh, The rest won't. They'll just look at your pictures and decide if they want to come to see you or not. So if you don't have any pictures, you're, you're going to lose almost every new patient right there. Um, So last year when we started doing these, we actually hired a photographer, paid for it ourselves, sat her at the Gonstead clinic when the extravaganza was going on and everyone that signed up there got free pictures from us, from her professionally done at the clinic (laughs) because I knew we were going to struggle like crazy if we had to wait for the doctors to get pictures to us because it's just something that they have to call and get done and it takes time. So that worked really well and the pictures came out great. So anyway, (laughs) yeah, Yeah. you can anticipate the problems ahead of time. Yes. Um, So so one of the things we want to talk about today is because you work with so many different chiropractors and you're all over the board. So yes, you work with a lot of Gonstead doctors, but you also see uh, diversified doctors, probably I'm sure every technique under the sun, you see people, high volume practices, low volume practices. And it seems as though the elephant in the room is the question of what does it take to actually make money and be happy? So that's what I want to talk about today. Um, so can you kind of talk a little bit uh, about the different models you see and I guess maybe some of the pluses and minuses of the different, the way they all kind of coexist in the chiropractic marketplace? Yeah, I mean, I think um, it's, if, if I'm narrowing it down to who are the people that are the happiest that call, um, and these are the most rare phone calls that we, we receive, if I think back over six years of being on the phone all day long every week, um, I probably might have had 10 of these conversations. So there are very few of these offices, um, which is sad because that means there's a lot of people that probably aren't as happy as they should be. But this the offices that were the happiest and because once in a while you'd be on a call and you're talking about new patients and they'd be like, I, I really don't need new patients. I'm like, that what? That doesn't make any sense to me. You don't need new patients. Everybody needs new patients. Well, I don't. I just want to have a nice website. And and then the conversation will go the same way every time. Like, I want to have a nice website. I'm a cash office. I have, you know, 20 or 30, you know, 20 new patients or maybe a little bit more than that per month, but it was around that number. Uh, I'm really happy with what I do. Love my practice. You know, don't really even need you guys, but I just feel like I should have a little nicer website. Like that was, that's, those were the happiest doctors you would speak to. And you could tell on the phone, they weren't stressed out. They weren't trying to tell you that they had the most new patients. They weren't trying to inflate their ego or tell you how awesome they were. They just, they were happy because they, they, they had control of their finances. They had a low overhead. They didn't have a lot of staff. It was usually them and one front desk person, or sometimes it was just them. Uh, they didn't have much else. And, you know, one of the most successful doctors that I have ever known in practice was Dr. Roger Kasperbauer, a Gonsai chiropractor that practiced near Des Moines, Iowa. And I mean, same kind of thing. I mean, he was a, he saw five or 600 visits a week, but he didn't really do any marketing. He just did really good care and he had very fair pricing and it was mostly cash. I think he might've done super bill, but I don't think he took insurance and everyone trusted him. They believed in him. His, his doctor's report was five minutes long and maybe not even that he'd go over the x-ray with the person. He'd show them where their problems were and he'd say, i And he would, it was unique to every patient, which it should be. He would say, you know, I think 
based on what I'm seeing here, I need to see you this often. You know, that's going to be about 10 or 12 visits or whatever he would say for that patient over this much time. And can I get you to agree at least to that? And then they would just look at him and say, yeah. And he'd shake their hand and that was it. There was no, you know, wasn't a prepaid care plan or anything you were locked into. It was just a handshake and that was it. And, but people always would come back to him and his marketing was almost nothing. <laughs> so, uh, but the guy was, I mean, his, he was one of the happiest chiropractors I ever met. He was never stressed. He always had lots of income. He had one part-time front desk person. His office layout was amazing. He had this little, it was one big room and he had his feeder rooms coming in. And then there was like this little half window that he could like swing open. So like if people came into the waiting room, they would sit down out there and he'd kind of, he had a little camera so he could see if somebody was in the waiting room and he'd swing his little half window open and be like, I'll be with you in just a minute. Or he'd be like, go to room one. <laughs> you didn't need a front desk person uh, to do it. And it was incredible. I mean, I, I don't know of another office in the country that saw that kind of has, as at least the I know of that sees that kind of volume or saw that volume with that simple of a setup. But um Simplicity is happiness. Like I know in our practice, we had crazy, it, you know, it was huge. It was beautiful. And we had all these fancy, all this fancy stuff and four adjusting rooms with all the brand new equipment in them. And our overhead was out of control and it was stressful. So, I mean, it just, it seemed fun. It was really fun to build it. But then when you had to keep paying for it, it, it was painful. And then it started to become a job, like a, a dragging job instead of a fun thing. So, yeah. And I, I think anytime I talk to a young person, at least any kind of younger doctor that's getting started out, I'm adamant about do not copy what we did. <laughs> Please follow what Dr. Casper Bauer did. Um, he, he made the right choice on that. I think it, it was wise how he had that set up. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, it seems like a lot of times, um, and maybe we're more guilty of this in chiropractic, but we get confused between gross income and net income. Mm -hmm. I really woke up to that when I went to a dental seminar that my wife sent me to, where they were they were polling the audience basically in kind of a silent poll. Um, so we would just punch a button and then it would tabulate the results. And the first question he asked was how much, what category of income people were at for gross. And his highest category was um, over two and a half million. And there were five people in the room who picked over two and a half million. His next category was, what is your take-home income? What's your net? And when he was done with that, nobody was making more than 250000 And right. And then he, he said, I got to tell you, he said, this is not unusual. He said, I do this seminar all the time, and I've never had a different result than this. And he said, and what you're telling me is that you're doing enough dentistry to, to gross $250 million, I mean, to gross two and a half million dollars a year but you don't even get to keep more than 250 of it. And he said, and those people are actually more miserable than the rest of you because they're still doing all the work. They're doing more work. And that was my experience. When I built my nicest clinic, like you said, it's fun building it. It's fun to design it. It's fun to come up with this flow and like, I'm going to build the greatest clinic ever. And you put it all together and then you start working in it and you realize how many patients you have to see before you even make any money. And it, the fun just gets sucked right out of it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And it, it's, you have that story. I know my wife and I have that story and I cannot tell you how many doctors I have talked to on the phone over the years that have that story. 
it's just constant. So, in, and my, my wife and I have got to work again with some of these just massive offices that see huge volume. And most of those offices at some point to build this like Mecca office, you know, they try to build almost what Dr. Gonstead built in the past, this big, massive thing. And they're going to have 20 doctors working there in this huge ultra facility. And it's every time that I hear someone does that, they always say it was the worst thing they ever did. Um, and I have a dentist that's an uncle and he did that too. And he will say that too. That was the worst decision I ever made. I shouldn't have built the big giant fancy practice. I was doing really good before that. So yeah, I think people don't realize that when you do things like that, your expenses don't go up linearly. They go up exponentially. Yeah. And you don't know it until you're in it. But um, a few episodes ago, I talked with Tom Podisk and we were talking about the Gonstead Clinic and how even Gonstead kind of said in retrospect, probably shouldn't have built a clinic quite so big. Smaller clinic. It's not until you're in it that he's like, man, I'm making a lot of money, but I'm then handing it all over to other people because I don't get to keep much when you do this. And, and that is the big mistake because, you know, it, it seems to be a Gonstead thing. We get out of school and we go, I'm going to be the next Gonstead. And for some reason, we seem to think that that means building a gigantic clinic. And yeah not really the thing to do, especially out of school. It's not the thing to do that. Um, it's actually kind of a, um, it's kind of a fun project to challenge yourself to how small can I make it? How low overhead can I make it and still see, still see a good volume. And once you do that, you find that it's, that you can actually have fun too. In that same dental seminar, um, one of the things he said is he found that the most profitable net, net, um, high net practices is when they hit the range of about a million and a half gross that mm -hmm. once past that sweet spot, it's the, the expenses start going up so rapidly that the net actually goes down. Yeah. I've, I, uh, and people over the years call and they're like, Oh my gosh, you guys used to average 80 new patients a month. And you know, I want to do that too. And I'm like, don't do it. <laughs> like you, you want to, if, if I always tell those same offices, if my wife and I started another practice today, I would shoot for 20 or 30 new patients at the most. That would be kind of our limit because I know what happens when you go past those numbers. Once you go past those numbers, you start having to add extra people and it gets to be a lot of extra people. And then you have a whole bunch. Not only do you have to deal with all the management of the staff, which is always difficult, then you have all the extra expense of the staff and the stress starts to go up exponentially, just like you said, too. So the, the sweet spot, I think, is if you're between like 15 and 25 new patients a month, that's probably a really nice practice. Um, some practices don't even need that, depending on what the overhead is and you know what the city is like. But um, most practices would do really well in those ranges. And you don't have to do a lot of marketing to get to those things. You don't have to do all the crazy stuff. My wife and I were working seven days a week trying to do all the marketing stuff that we were doing back then. It was, it was immense and it's, it wasn't necessary. We could have been doing a lot less and working a lot smarter. Um, and just putting some simple systems in place. I know like Dr. Josh Lawler runs the trucks Winterm program today. And we were visiting with him around the time we started doing the website thing. We were, at his practice, uh, getting some adjustments from him and just hanging out with him for a couple of days. And um, he asked us if we would do a marketing thing with his staff just to see if we could give him some ideas. And we said, yeah, we can do that. And we put one of the most simple things in place ever, which, you know, in our office was one of the, we didn't even think about it. It was such a simple little referral system thing. And I know when we first showed it to them, they were like, I don't 
I know his, his associate doctor thought like, this isn't going to work. And <laughs> a couple months later, she was meeting with one of her other, one of the other guns to doctors. And she's like, you have to do this thing. <laughs> Mike and Amy taught me this thing. And it is, our new patients are so much higher because of this. So it was just a silly, silly little thing with these referral cards that they had referral cards before, but they just weren't handing them out the right way. And once they changed the script of how they were doing it and, you know, putting the patient in a better position to actually refer someone to them, they, they, their numbers jumped way up. So, you know, between a little bit of internet stuff and maybe a good referral system in your office, you probably can generate almost all the new patients you need. And, and just those things alone would almost double or triple the new patients that most offices receive. There, there are a lot out of all the clients that we talk to in the country I mean, yeah, we have some clients that have big practices and have a lot of new patients, but not very many. Um, most offices, I would guess, are getting five to 10 new patients a month. That's probably around the average that most of our clients get when they come to us. And so even a little bit of extra new patients, even five more patients for them in a month is a big deal. And most of those offices can easily generate that without a whole lot of work, just a little bit of good systems in place and small changes. Um, so, and I think at least with what we're doing with the websites that it, it gets part of that accomplished for the office. That's a part that they don't really have to do much work to do. Um, some of the other parts they have to do a little bit, but not too much. Yeah. It's one of the interesting thing about new patients is I noticed very early on in my career that, um, with new patients, the expectation that they come in with totally changes the experience. And so when you start figuring out that those who have good expectations, mm-hmm. you have a pleasant experience and people who come in and they're like, well, I don't know if you can help me. And I don't know if I really believe in what you do. And I don't even want to be here and those kind of things. Those aren't always pleasant. And so when you can do things to actually control the uh, expectation and change it, mm-hmm. those are definitely things you want to do. And uh, a website is a great way of doing that because even subtly things like just seeing that things are nice and clean and um, and just look appealing when you look at them sets a certain expectation in their mind that this person's on top of things they've got it they've got it together which we do we're smart enough to call you and have you do it <laughs> it's most almost everyone and it's not just chiropractors every small business we we do websites for other small businesses too but we do a lot mostly chiropractic websites but. Every small business owner is thinking about their their website the wrong way. Uh, they're thinking that their website is a place where they need to tell everybody what they want to tell them. Mm-hmm. And the website isn't that to the person that's coming. The person that's coming is looking at the website in, in a much different way. They're, they're looking at, of, can I trust this person? Do I like them? Does the environment look friendly? Am I going to feel safe there? Like that's what they care about. They don't care about what technique you do in the beginning. They will later. And I I definitely think you should try to tell them on the website, although they probably won't read that. And hopefully you're educating them when they come into the practice about what you do and why you do Gonstead or all of that. But when they first come to the website, they just need to see the best websites that there are are always a really nice picture of the doctor at the very top of the website with a very clear call to action button next to it. It doesn't mean you have to give anything away. It can just be like new patient click here. They just need to know what they're supposed to do to become a patient. That's it. The rest of the website honestly is kind of there for the doctor's happiness, not so much for the patient. 
Um, if you had a one-page, if we could get a one-page website to rank well, um, <laughs> that's all we would need. But from a ranking perspective, we add a lot of pages of content in that are really well optimized because it helps the whole website rank better. Um, and sometimes client, new clients that come to us get lost. They start reading all the pages of content we have, and they're like, I don't like how you wrote that. And I'm like, well, you have to remember that this is only for Google. No one's going to read this other than the Google bots that are scanning your website. So if you want to rewrite all of it, you can, but there's other things you could put your time into that would be more useful. So, um, but anyway, yeah, it's interesting how people, one of the best books ever about understanding how to, to position your marketing properly is building a story brand. Um, that book is incredible. And yeah. I think it helped, we were doing almost all of it before we read it. But after we read it, we became much more consciously competent about what we were doing. I mean, we, we were kind of unconsciously doing it because we could see what was working. But after reading his book, it helped us to, I think, understand more why what we were doing was working and, you know, how we needed to position our sites. And we made even some adjustments after that. But it that's a great book if somebody's trying to learn more about marketing. Yeah. And there was something else you said that came to my mind. I, I didn't tell you this before, but <laughs> back in like the mid 2000s, I, uh, I did not like my website. Um, and <laughs> oddly enough, I was using the one that you said was rank number one. Anyway, um, <laughs> I did not like my website. So I was trying to come up with a way of building a better website, but I didn't want to reinvent the wheel since I was a chiropractor. So I bought a franchise website development company <laughs> around 2006. Oh, wow. So we started building websites for everybody and I started learning about it. And in the end, it proved to be a complete and total disaster. But uh, sure. in the meantime, one thing I did learn about was that was when I first started learning about SEO. And I realized that SEO is one of those things that really frustrates people. And yet they don't really even consciously know what it is. Right. So really with a company like yours, half the value I think is not just the web page itself, but the the power of having somebody who knows how to do SEO properly. Can you talk about some of the SEO stuff and how that is a benefit? Yeah, I mean, John and I that are kind of our top people and or two of our top people, and it's, my wife's really our awesome systems person, and she does amazing with that. And John and I, have, John's kind of more of a technical person and our main SEO person today, but we both kind of enjoyed SEO and worked on it a lot. And I would say that. John specifically in our team is as good at SEO as anyone that you could talk to on the planet. Uh, he's very, very, very in-depth understanding. And <clears throat> I'm, I'm, I understand what he does and knows as well, but it's, you can SEO back when we just were getting ready to start our company was all about how well you could cheat Google what program could you buy access to to build backlinks and cheat the system to get a top rank? That's what SEO was for a long time. And right about when we were starting Inception, Google brought out penalties. So if they saw that you, what they felt were cheating, they would drop your rank and penalize you. And that turned the world of SEO upside down. It just ended everything that was working ended overnight. Uh, almost half, three quarters of the industry went out of business within a couple of months. Um, and I was kind of scratching my head for a while trying to figure out how we were going to do this. Uh, we actually delayed this, the opening of our business for about six months so I could kind of regroup and figure out what to do. And 
what ended up happening, and now it's been this way for a long time, is you know, you the stuff that didn't matter that much before, like all the little verbiage on your website and how it was written and all of this stuff on the website itself started to become the most important because that was what was still left. And we found that it just by doing really high quality construction of the website, so it loaded quickly and that you had the right title tags and descriptions and, you know, keywords sprinkled into your text, but also you couldn't overdo it. It had to be written in a way that it was, you know, well, good to read still. Uh, In the early days of SEO, it was kind of all spammy stuff. Uh, All of that's gone today. And at this point today, Google has become far, far, far more advanced. I mean, gaming the system with Google today is next to impossible. Um, it's it's, It's not impossible still, but it's so much work. That unless you're a, a you know a billion dollar company, you don't you can't hire enough people to afford it. So it's and even that'll come to an end. As a chiropractor today, like you need to have a very well built, high quality site. You know, I think generally most of the companies do decent SEO in their websites today. I think Chiromatrix does a decent job of it. Uh, I obviously I think we do. Um, Perfect Patience has done does a decent job of their optimization and SEO, um, and and if you look through most cities, you're going to see Inception, Chiromatrix, Perfect Patience sites towards the top of the search <clears throat> most of the time. Uh, we have the, our companies have incredible resources to put towards mastering those topics, and we do. So when a local company tries to compete, like sometimes people think like, well, I'm going to hire the local guy because I'm going to get this local thing and it's going to be way better than those companies that just build these, all these chiropractic websites. Well, the problem with that is that like I can build a $10,000 website for somebody and charge them $197 a month with no contract. You can quit anytime you want and I'll have your website up in a week and it'll be better than what the local person can do anyway, and the local person would have to charge you $10,000 to get all the content and all the stuff in that site that we do. And they still can't offer the services just because it's a scale thing, a volume thing. You know, the larger that we get, the lower that our costs can be. And, you know, we pass those reductions on to our clients. When I first started doing this, we charged four ninety seven a month. Uh, now our average client is paying around one ninety seven a month uh, for uh, probably five times as many services as we were doing when we first started. So it um, it's hard for a lo- it's almost impossible for a local business to try to compete against the big giant companies. Now, with the big giant companies, you want to try to still get as much personalization and you know detail work as you can get done and. <clears throat> I think in that category, we're, we're kind of unbeatable. We're not interested in doing $50 websites where they go up and no one ever touches it again for the rest of our, of their life. Um, our clients kind of demand more from us and get more and we can't charge $50 because of that, but we also don't have to charge you a thousand dollars. And from an SEO standpoint, John and I have built our, our, I guess our design so that when you start working with us and the site goes up, Everything that John and I know to make a site rank well is built into that site at a 
world elite level. I mean, when, when the best SEO people once in a while will hire an elite world-class SEO person to look at our sites and pick them apart. <clears throat> Just say, we don't care what you say. We're paying you to destroy us. I want you to tell us what's wrong. And every time we've done that, we've gotten the thing back of, I really can't find anything. Well, the only thing they'll say is you have duplicate content on your website. So people will say duplicate content is bad for SEO. It's not bad for SEO unless you have two people in the same city with the exact same content, uh, which we don't do and we don't allow. It, it doesn't matter if you have, if I have the same content on a client site in Green Bay and I have the same thing in Madison, it doesn't matter. So if you want to have totally unique, con unique content, you can with us, um, but it costs money to have totally unique content. And I always tell clients, I don't think it's worth it. Nobody's reading it. It's not worth spending $1,000 to have all unique articles on the website. It's not helping you from an SEO standpoint, and it's just a waste of money. So if it was necessary, we would definitely do it because SEO is a primary concern for us. And uh, most web companies that start building websites don't understand SEO. They just know how to build websites, and then they try to learn SEO later. Um, you have to love SEO if you want to learn it because most people hate it. So uh, there's a few weird people in the world that like learning it. And um, even on our own staff, we have a there's a one person maybe now that we have that wants to learn it from John and I. The rest of the people know it, but they don't really want to keep learning it. It's kind of boring for them. So, um, but anyway, yeah, hopefully that gives you an answer in the SEO. That was pretty long. Yeah, yeah, great. Like, for, especially for people who don't know much about SEO, that was like the best primer <laughs> I've ever heard. Like that's, <laughs> That's, that's pretty much it. Like and anyone, it, anyone can learn it. Like I give, a, if you read all the articles on our inception online marketing website, I give away, I tell you everything, everything you need to know is there. Like, I'm not trying to hide anything from you. There are no secrets. I will tell anyone SEO is dumb. It's easy. <laughs> if anyone sits in a room with me for, I have a really good fishing guide friend. I like fishing here in green Bay. He sat down with me for an hour and I, he was paying a fortune for SEO. And I said, listen, you're getting ripped off. Just come and sit with me for a couple minutes and let me explain what this is and how you rank an article. And in, in an hour, he was like, I totally understand. That is easy. I'm like, yep. So stop paying $1,000 a month for SEO because in the SEO world, there's what we do. And the next step up from what we do, you would have to go from paying $197 to at least $2,500 a month. At $2,500 a month, you probably would get somebody that is like a, a disciple of John and I that we oversee closely that's going to work on your website once a week or something. That's what you'll get for $2,500 a month in reality. At $5,000 a month, you might get someone that's like John or I working on your website for a couple hours a week. Most of the people that I know that can do what we do charge ten to fifty thousand a month to do SEO on a weekly basis, and they work with very big companies, and it's worth it for those big companies because of what they sell. But when you're paying like four ninety seven or something, you're just getting ripped off. There's nothing that I could do for your office at four ninety seven that I can't do at one ninety seven, and there's nothing I can really do at six or seven hundred even that I can't do at one ninety seven. So. When you see all those prices out there, it's that stuff comes from what are these guys willing to pay? I'm going to charge that instead of we've kind of always taken the stance in our business of 
what is it costing us to do this? And what's the price that we can deliver it at? Like, I don't care what someone's willing to pay. Like, that's not what, that we're not making our decisions based on that. But I've been at the biggest internet marketing seminars that there are. And the discussion is always the opposite of that there. People are willing to pay $2,500 for this, even though it takes you five seconds and it costs you three cents. Like, it's, I don't want to rip people off like that. I think what I love I really love about our business today and I know all of our staff does is we can be 1000% honest always and totally upfront with people all the time. And when a new salesperson works for us, that's always my conversation with them. Do not, you're not a salesperson. You're here to explain stuff and answer their questions, answer any question they ask, answer it. If they ask you how SEO works on the website, describe the whole thing. And they'll probably just want to work with you because they don't want to do it themselves. Like that's what'll end up happening. Don't, you don't need to sell them stuff. You don't need to trick them into something. We don't need to force them to be with us. Like it's nice to be in a business like that. Um, And anyway, yeah. Yeah. Just to, just to kind of um, tie everything up and wrap it up on kind of a (laughs) one of the things that you said that I thought was very interesting was the whole, was just the mentality of, um, come in and tear apart what I'm doing and let me know where it can be better. And yeah. maybe I'm a sicko. I like that idea, but I know that for me, it came from um, an athletic background of tear apart what I'm doing so I can do it better and play better and get to the next yeah. level. And it seems like a lot of times in, in uh, well, in chiropractic in general, in Gonstead, everywhere, it's not human nature to want to be torn apart. And so we tend to not do that. And yet I know that when we do, it is the thing that makes us better. So um, I think it's great just even just to have the reminder that if if we're willing to put ourselves up there, being torn apart does make us better. I'm sure that's what you would say is that those experiences of having somebody oh, come in sure. and nitpick it is where you're like, hey, if I discover even one great thing, it's worth it. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, I think having the ability to just admit, and I think one of the best concept doctors I know on the planet today is Dr. Josh Lawler that took over the Troxel program. He's amazing. And one the we were just talking about this yesterday the reason josh is amazing is because he does that all the time he never he always wants criticism from other people about what they think he can do better and that's why he's so good i mean it, it's it's the it's the key thing that you just have to be able to say like man i think i'm i think i suck at this <laughs> tell me what you think you know and and allow yourself to be vulnerable vulnerable like that and take that advice and then when you get advice you got to use it though i mean a lot of people get advice and they don't do anything with it it's it's crucial then to take that next step and make make progress with it yeah i found for me it was when uh students would uh video me adjusting and then i would see the video and be like i hate the way that looks <laughs> what i'm doing and what it appears i'm doing are not the same thing yeah. And I was like, okay, how can I clean that up? Because am I, I'm so in my head thinking about what I'm doing. And then to actually see it is like, it's kind of like when you hear your voice recorded for the first time or something and you're like, sure, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think to some degree, Josh is lucky. He has all the interns around him and he knows he's being judged and watched always. And so it just, it, it forces him to stay congruent and to not let something slide. So, um, but yeah. Well, that is, that's, that's great. And thank you so much for coming on and sharing this with us. Cause um, we definitely, 
we don't talk about business nearly enough. We don't talk about those things nearly enough, but even just narrowing it down into websites and that unique thing, I think a lot of us don't have good websites. A lot of us don't think it's necessary and just kind of refocusing on um, what can we really honestly expect from a website? What should it do and why are they necessary and how can we make it easy and affordable? And I think you guys are doing a great service that way for a lot of people. It helps. I mean, a lot of people, sometimes people aren't sure and it's it's worth it just to call our team and just have them say what they'll tell you what they think. If they think your website's great, they'll tell you that. I mean, every year we have offices that come and we're like, you know what? Your website's really good. You're ranking good. It looks good. You've got all the things in place. There's no reason for you to change. I mean, it doesn't make sense to change someone's system when it's doing well, but obviously those conversations are somewhat rare. Most websites aren't really put together very well and, and they're not set up right, but yeah, I mean, I think in, in my closing quick on this too, you know, for, uh, I have, I have no concern about people signing up with inception, but if you're a Gonset doctor out there and you haven't looked at the website things, you can go to the gonsteadpractice.com. So it's just T H E the gonsteadpractice.com. And all the information is there for the website system that we're doing for Gonset doctors. And again, all of that money. The reason I did this podcast today was for that purpose. Like I, you know, we, we really hope that more and more doctors join that system. All of that money goes back to help Gonstead services and, you know, entities that are out there. And there's definitely some big needs that are out there. So, and if you're going to pay a web for a website, you might as well have the best website and all the money that you're contributing into that website goes back into Gonstead anyway. So it's, zero, zero of it comes to Amy and I in our business. So um, anyway, yeah, thanks yeah, for letting me. As a third party, as a third party, who's part of the uh, GCSS board, I can verify that that is absolutely true. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's been good over the last year with the people in, it's been a good trial run and we didn't need a trial run. We manage a lot of sites anyway, but it was good. I think they needed some time to see that. And uh, the doctors across the board have been very happy. So um, I know this, if we wouldn't have had the COVID thing and the extravaganza would have been going on like right now, mm -hmm. uh, I know we would have had 50 or plus more people join in this year. Some people were a little skeptical last year cause nobody was doing it yet. Um, but I mean, really the biggest, some of the biggest names in the Gunstead world are, are all working with us already right now. And a lot of the younger doctors too. So, uh, hopefully this next year we'll see those numbers double and triple. Yes. Are you going to be at the extravaganza in July? We will. Yep. Okay. We'll have our booth there and we'll have our team there talking to people. And if you have questions, we're happy to answer anything we can. All right. That sounds great. Um, thank you again for joining me. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks so much for having us on. We really appreciate it too. Anytime. I want to thank Dr. Hamilton once again for joining us. He is extremely open and giving when it comes to discussing his own failures and how he turned them into success. That's something I very much respect and appreciate, and I hope you found value in it as well. If you're interested in any of the services that the Hamiltons are offering, you can reach them through either of their websites. I would recommend thegonsteadpractice.com, but you can also reach them through inceptiononlinemarketing.com. Thank you once again for joining us on the podcast. It's been exciting to see the podcast grow, and we now have people listening in more than 10 different countries. Some of the fastest growth that we've seen in the Gonstead community has been in countries outside the U.S., and we want you to know that we're here to support you and to help you develop your skills and grow your practice any way that we can. Thank you for joining us, 
and I look forward to talking with you again soon. See you next time.